Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Earl Sears and John Ford. If you enjoyed the first visit, you're going to really like this one. Stand by. I've talked with both of you all from time to time <clears throat> about this next issue, and I, I don't know if anybody's going to have an answer for it, because I know I sure don't. But for years and years in this state, uh, Oklahoma was a blue state, was a Democratic state. And Democratic governor, Democratic Senate, Democratic House. Um, that changed 10, 15 years ago, whenever. Um, and now that pendulum has swung completely the other direction. Uh, Republican uh, governor, Republican House, Republican Senate. I say that with the, because one would think if you controlled all facets of the state government, whether you're Democrat or Republican, that reforms, improvements, laws, changes would be able to be made. Um, and despite that, and I'm not blaming Democrats or Republicans, or I guess I'm blaming both, um, my question is, why do we continue as a state to remain 48th, 49th, 50th in education, in crime, in incarceration, in health care, why can we not move that needle and, and, you know, climb our way, not to 46, but I mean, to climb our way to 35 and then to 30 and then to 25? What makes it so difficult in this state for us to climb out of the bottom? Well, and we're not in the bottom in everything. You know, we talk 48, 49 Healthcare, we are 48th. Uh, we have a lot of rural parts of Oklahoma. Healthcare is not the best. We have, both in the metropolitan areas and the rural areas, we have some relatively low levels of education. Uh, we have a lot of low-wage jobs. But also, there are some really good pockets of things that are happening. But if you look at, at more aspects, education, Right now, the most recent, depending on what survey you look at, but we're 42nd in Oklahoma. We were 49th when I was there early on. But even within that education, so we've moved up, but also pre-K, we are second best in the nation. Oklahoma is one of the first states that ever had fully funded preschool that anybody could attend. Mm -hmm. And that was a great a great program. You look overall at our economy, we're ranked 37th in the, in the nation. Uh, you look at our uh, business environment, which is part of an economy, we're ranked 27th. So we are a very good state to do business in. You look at the infrastructure, overall Oklahoma is ranked 21st. We are better than the majority of the states in our infrastructure. In our energy part of the infrastructure, we're ranked 10th. In transportation, we're ranked 16th. Uh, they measure states in what is the opportunity to get ahead in that state. And we are 26th in the nation, far above Midway. And the other thing, affordability. The cost of living in Oklahoma, right now we are second in the nation. So, Bob, there are some areas we certainly need to improve on. 
There are some inherent reasons we're the way that we are. I think we're making progress, but also every other state in the nation is making progress, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So if you make a little bit of progress, maybe relative to others, you're just a little bit better than you were, but maybe compared to the base a few years ago, you've had significant improvements. So I think there's a lot of things in Oklahoma to be proud of. There are a lot of things we really need to continue working on. But we've got to, as a state, pull together, define what some of those areas of needed improvement are. Like Earl was talking about in the legislature, uh, finally we gave some significant pay raises. We're doing a lot of things depending on what people think about school choice or uh, we've opened in uh, transfers so that a student in any district can go to another school. We're trying to make some of those improvements that enhance all of that. So no, we're not where we want to be. We're not where we should be. We're better than we were, and we're continuing to get better. Okay, that's Is good. Is that a political answer? Well, a uh, little bit, but it's but it's encouraging. I like that. I, I used to always sarcastically say, thank God for Alabama, or we'd be number 50 <laughs> yeah. and everything, you know. Uh, but... Uh, uh, and and that is good to hear that. I, I know that there still are categories that that we are historically always forty eighth, forty ninth, and fiftieth, and that and and those haven't improved uh, over the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. And like I say, it it doesn't seem to matter whether you have a D or an R next to your name. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it some of those things haven't haven't improved much, but. Uh, uh, Mr. Sears, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, he again. I'm just I'm just always so proud of the senator. He, he he's a data man. He's a data man. I love it. We've we've just just always he, he if he gets into something, he brings the data out. And uh, but here's my response. Uh, great question, but I want to respond this way. First and foremost, Oklahoma is a conservative state. It has always been a conservative state. It's probably now. In fact, I probably I'm confident we're still the most conservative state in the nation. I don't know if there's somebody that's passed this yet. And I don't see that changing in the near future. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And quite frankly, I'm proud of that. But that's part of the issue in regards to, uh, to do some of these things you want that you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, and I agree with you 100%. They take, it takes money. Okay? Well, you, there's the, pot, the pot's only so big. So when you immediately go into talking about, let's do A, B, C, and D. Okay? It's generally going to take some kind of an increase in, in, in revenue. And generally in Oklahoma, how you get that is, is through a tax increase. So, um, and there being, when you go to talk about taxes, it just doors start shutting. And I'm one of those. I just, I don't like just, I'm just not vote for taxes to be voted on taxes. If you clearly, which is the last two that we have, that we passed, if you clearly have a, a goal, um, and we need to want to accomplish that, and we have to get behind that and then get the targeted tax increase, maybe whatever it is. But that's, I think, part of the problem. We're extremely conservative, and you just bring up the word tax, and doors, I've already stated, doors just go to closing. Now, you mentioned what you've mentioned, but let me just talk on the social issue. We're literally in the top five of, of heart disease, people smoking, uh, high divorce rates, um, um, Domestic abuse. I mean, we're in the top five of those. Mm -hmm. And I see, I just, I can't understand how anybody would abuse a woman. I can't understand how anybody in this time of day would smoke, knowing the facts that we have, knowing full well what, what smoking will do to mm -hmm. your body. I still don't understand how somebody would be smoking, but I could go on and on and on. And 
but there's a lot of good going in Oklahoma. He's giving you the data, but on the same token, it's a, it's a great place to live. The workforce is, uh, uh, they want to work. I mean, we really don't have, I mean, there, in any given state, any given community, you have people that may not want to work. Sure. But, I mean, overall, this really is that you'll hear from, I've heard from business leaders throughout our great state. They'll tell you, Oklahomans want to work, and they will work. And so we got a lot of good going for us. But I, and I don't want to say I want to change Oklahoma for a conservative state, but I'm just giving you the short answer. And then there, there's, it, it goes multitudes of ways in what we need to do, what we need to fix. There's no question. There's just, it's unacceptable for some of these to be where we are. But there's only, there's only so many ways you can get there. And generally when we go to talk about anything in taxes or we need to do that, it really just, it just goes to, it just goes to, it's like you got a, a chain and ball dragging yeah. it. Unfortunately, okay. that makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, and, it really uh, does. Uh, I again, I I I I feel I'm a very very conservative uh, 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 Republican. Uh, I will tell you, I'm more. Uh, I understand social issues and being in being a, an educator for 32 years. I mean, I've seen tragedies in homes that you can't even you, to describe it to break into tears mm-hmm. okay well it's at the state level as well in regards to not the same stories but just things that are org- organizations and agencies want to do but they can't simply because lack of funds these mm-hmm. funds are going here they're going there and so and then what they do is, is just kind of a band-aid on it yeah and that's kind of what we have so yeah. that's all my response to is extremely conservative state it's not going to change in the near future but I will say I'm proud of if we targeted something in Oklahoma that says we need to fix this. I think, I think the legislature and any governor that I've worked with, they rose to that occasion. Those are both good answers. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I'll from, just give you a quick example of just one. Now, this, is, this doesn't change lives, but our capital is falling apart. Right. It's falling apart. I mean, value. But any given day, it's still just be flooding, running down the stairway, rain coming in off the top of the, of the floor. One year, ceiling caved in. I mean, it's just, it just not good. I mean, the building wasn't leaning to the left, but... It was our state capital, and we need, or to the right, little side, either one. It just needed to be repaired. Well, it wasn't until the third time we put that issue on the floor, we finally got it passed. We passed two initiatives, 251 times, then later on spent that money, went for another 250. And I don't know if you've been to your state capital lately. It's almost completed. And when you go, you're going to, you're going to not only walk in there, you'll just, your heart's going to pump up, your chest is going to go out. Well, you're going to leave on cloud nine in regards to what we've done to the people's house yeah. or not house but st- the people's state capital and for less than 400 million dollars we fixed an issue that needed to be fixed yep yep i agree i agree but it didn't happen overnight <laughs> no it did not okay um much like on the national level um working across the aisle in politics national level state level not so much locally, thank goodness, but at the state and national, definitely. Working across the aisle seems to be a, a lost art. D- do you think, at least from from uh, where I come from, where I'm just watching the news, I'm reading the newspaper of what's going on in Oklahoma City, it, it sounds to me like a uh, lack of respect back and forth from Democrats to Republicans, Republicans to Democrats. And... and you know, that spirit of compromise that existed forever, it seems like, is seems to be gone. How, how do we ever fix that? Well, first of all, it's a lot worse at the federal level than at the state level. And I think 
what has caused all of this, the, the non-part, the, the bickering back and forth, started off when we had talk radio shows, and then we started with the cables and the cable news shows, and each one of those, if it's Fox or if it's CNN, CNN or whatever, they cater to a very kind of narrow audience, and they've got to keep pushing the envelope of what they're presenting so the uh, advertisers will continue buying advertising and the listeners will keep listening. So I think those get, they deviate from the center and they're all talking to a very specific audience that are widely diverse and it's 24-7. We don't have that as much as we used to. At the, at, we don't have it nearly as much as the state level as we do the federal level. And I think a lot of things still occur behind the scenes. But when you look at the vast majority of votes we take on the floor of the Oklahoma State Senate and the Oklahoma House, very few is there something that's all Republicans vote one way and all Democrats vote the other. Sometimes, but not very often. I know the 12 years that I was there, you develop good friends on the Democrat side and you really get to know them. And a story I always like to tell, Judy Eason McIntyre, who was a senator. She came in the Senate when I did. She's from North Tulsa, very strong Democrat, pretty liberal, and she was the Democrat uh, district chairman. So she was coming up to talk to the Washington County Democrats. And I saw this in our paper, so my wife and I, we called Judy and said, well, you're not talking till 730. Why don't you come up? Let's have dinner together. So she did. She came up to our house. We had dinner together. And we live close to our vast east side branch. That's where the meeting was. And a few minutes before the meeting, Judy left. And she sometimes gets a little confused. So she went to the downtown Arvest Bank. And I bet 10 minutes after she left, I got a call on my cell phone from the local Democrat county chairman saying, where's our speaker? And Bob, that's what politics ought to be about so that we all know each other. Yep. The Democrat chairman knows my cell phone number. The Democrat senator that is the district Democrat chairman will come to our house and have dinner. And still today, after six years out of the legislature, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, Valentine's, I will get a text from her. Hmm. And we still communicate. And those are the relationships where you can truly get something done. And that's as, as it should be. And, and I agree with you in terms of the MSNBCs, the CNNs, mm -hmm. the Fox, the Rush Limbaugh's, the, you know, what they have done to John Q. Public. Mm -hmm. But it's disappointing to me that that has also translated to the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives that it, you, you would like to think that those people would step above that. Um, in the good old days, you know, as I tell my grandchildren, in the good old days. But Everett Dirksen and LBJ could fight toenail to toenail uh, on the floor, have a bourbon that night, smoke a cigar, and, and come to a compromise. Uh, but a compromise, the word is, is just almost a, it's a, it's a dirty, dirty word in Washington, D.C. And I'm glad to hear that it's, it's not that severe, not that bad uh, in, in Oklahoma City. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's discouraging to me because it's one of those things as I look at it, I think, I don't know how in the world, I, I don't know what pulls that back, uh, closer to the middle, how you, 
on the far left and the far right? How do you tone down that rhetoric that is that is just so dangerous, I think. But that's that's my political ad. <clears throat> the only thing I could possibly add to this, John's pretty well covered that. I think it's totally out of control at the at the DC level. Because you've just given great examples. You, I mean, you take out, we could just even use it before that. Senator Dole, Republican in Kansas, was a master in regards to being a compromise and pulling the deal together when we were in when we were in power, power meeting the Republicans or they were in leadership and then with the Democrats. I mean, it just, that was just how it did. They just worked things out. Mm-hmm. Now let's come. So you, you made the comment. It's almost the compromise that, you know, to say, let's come up with the comment. It's almost a dirty word now. Yep. Okay. In fact, uh, you're either, you know, in the world I'm in, and I, I'm just tell you right honest, that I word is a badge, and that I, I'm a proud Republican. I'm a very proud, I, I'm, I think I'm conservative, and I'm going to remain conservative. I'm, gonna, I'm a fiscal conservative. But there have people in my own party that will call me a rhino that's a Republican in name only. And now I carry it as a badge because, it, it's, to me, I will talk to people. I will listen for solutions and ideas. So really, I just don't get upset about it anymore. But you've just named it. If you just if you even talk about a compromise, all of a sudden that's bad, in regards to because you 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 know you've lost your principles. Well, I just disagree with that because the person that's come to you. Well, let me stop. Make a comment before I go to that. In Oklahoma, John is absolutely correct. But in Oklahoma, both how the Senate and the House has made up so much of Republicans. I mean, the numbers are overwhelming. Right. The Democrats really. I mean. They show up. They really can't. They just really can't even. They just. They can't even make a difference. Right. You get my point. Uh-huh. I mean, I think the Senate now has correct me, John. Well, they got se- forty-one. Yeah, but I mean, how many senators, Democrats? Seven. Eight. Seven. Okay. Forty-one to seven. Okay. So uh, you know, and in the House, it's I think it's maybe like twelve. Right. Okay. So it's really if they're going to fight something, get something through. It's between it's between the Republican Party trying to move something through, and then some of those who may want to. Trim something, then they get this. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not Republican enough. You're not conservative enough, and so on. So that's the thing that I just want to come back to is just comment. If you want to compromise, and if you even bring up that word, all of a sudden it's become a that you're just it's a bad. Yeah, you're traitorous. You, you yeah, you've 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 caved in on your principles. Yep. Well, you know, um, I, I just don't. I get that. I mean, if you're going to. I, I wouldn't vote for a 20-cent increase in, in taxes on, on gasoline, but I'm telling you, I debated for raising it from 16 cents to 19 cents in regards to uh, gasoline tax in the great state of Oklahoma. I mean, we were the lowest in the nation. Right, right. Okay, and been that away for umpteen years, and I'm proud of that. I'm, I'll, never, I'll never run from that. But you have a group saying you voted for a tax increase, mm-hmm. knowing what was happening in regards to our roads, our bridges, and, and just other state agencies. So I did a compromise, and what that compromise was, they really wanted, uh, it really was a six cents. Right. Okay, so I brought it down and compromised on three cents because I carried the bill. Well, I'll just give you an example. It's just compromise when you bring that word up, all of a sudden it just, so if you just stay this core of just, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on, this is where I am, this is where I'm going to be, and you can't move me from that, it just, then you end up, it's, again, not a lot in Oklahoma, but you end up what you have in the federal. It's just, I mean, it's just, Kind of gridlock. It is gridlock, absolutely. Okay? And I want to go back to that lost art of just the three of us, whether there were two Republicans, one, let's say I'll call myself the Democrat, you two Republicans, come in, let's try to work out a solution for this problem. Okay? And then you go back to your 
I'll go back to my, for anybody Democrat, I'll, I'll play the Democrat role. Let me go back to my colleagues and say, this is what the Republican leadership would like to do. And I told them this is where we'd go. Let's try to find common ground. Yeah. I just don't think that's bad. No, it's not bad. It's it's the way this whole thing got put together to begin yeah, with. I couldn't agree more. You know? So, so it's a lost art, but we need to get it back. But right now, we'll look to the future. I think. I read be- something the other day that was really encouraging. Uh, this guy is a, I don't know what you would call him, but he, he studies the different generations. Um, and so he, he takes a, a snapshot of, you know, generation X and, and this generation, that generation. And he made the comment that generation Z, which if I get confused by it, but if I, I think I'm right, that that is age group like 18 to 28. I think you're right. Right in that area. I just saw that list a week or two ago. So he says that Generation Z has the opportunity to be the greatest generation since the greatest generation. And it it was really interesting as to the whys of that. But he said, for one thing, they have never known anything but conflict within their government. They have Mm -hmm. never seen their government function the way we all have seen it function before. they represent, I think he said, 20% of the electorate. It's a pretty big number. I would agree with that. Um, and the thing that just just rang so true to me was he said when they are asked, they will tell you they are proud to be an, um, they are proud to be Americans. They are not proud of America. And that I found that yeah. I found that just interesting. Um, yes. But it, I also found it hopeful. Um, those are big shoes to fill to yeah. say they could be the yeah. best since that generation. And Bob, like- the, only, the only drawback to that, if they're 20% of the population, unfortunately, they're probably 10% or less of the voters. Right. Because the younger generation, they don't vote. But they did this last time. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the most recent one, uh, I think that's what really at least the polls that I'm seeing now, that, that uh, one of the difference makers that, that occurred across the country was that the younger people did a better job of getting out. So, um, gosh, I, I hope they will. What I find discouraging what you just told me, this 20%, is that, and it really just resonated with me, is all they've ever seen is a dysfunctional government. Yes. Okay? Isn't and that I, something? And I can remember, you, you, I was about 18 or 19, but I remember Everett Dirksen, Talking on the Senate floor, yes, and him and Johnson going back and forth with one another, you know, mm-hmm. they, and and Senator Dole, and, and uh, the list goes on. I mean, I'm telling you, they nothing said those kind of things. A, a glass of bourbon and a cigar yeah. cured a whole lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, you and know? no cameras around. Yeah, and yes. No, yeah. I'd like the only thing I'd like to kind of I know you're wrapping up, but I just got to come back to one other thing. It just talking about being the Republican and, and me being Republican. I'm very proud of it, but on the same token. Part of the frustration we have in the nation right now, what we're going through, and I hope that runs its course. Maybe I'll get cards and letters on this, but I don't care because I really believe it. <clears throat> there is an element out there to the far left that some of their ideas are just, they're pushing people over the edge. They're going to say, that's just crazy. And then there's elements in my far right of my party, okay, that I'm very, very proud of belonging to. They're going to say, where's that coming from? Right. I mean, these two extremes, I just think they need just... it's. It really is causing people to, uh, some frustration and looking and saying, what's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. It, it's, uh, um, 
and I, I always bluntly say it. I mean, the crazies on the left and the crazies on the right are wearing me out. Uh, and, and, and there's some really good people in the middle, uh, in both parties. And, uh, you know, if we'd let them, if we'd let them govern, if we would, if we could go back to that, um, uh, we'd be in a much better place. Bob, my first two years in the Senate, I was in the majority, or the minority. Uh-huh. And the Senate had always been in the minority. My second two years, we were tied 24-24. And the Republicans and the Democrats had a power-sharing agreement. And that was one of the best two-year periods I've ever spent in the Senate. Huh. And then my third two-year period, for the first time in the history of Oklahoma, the Republicans took control. We had 26 out of 48, and now they have 41. 41 for any party is too much. Yeah. It needs to be more evenly divided. That's when you will talk. I agree. Guys, this has been great. Uh, I Trust me, I'm not alone when I say I, I, I miss your great leadership in Oklahoma City. Um, and I thank you for sharing your, your time with me today. This, is, this has been terrific, exactly what I hoped it would be. Um, any other thoughts? Before we uh, close this thing up, I, there's not a thought. I just, you know, I thank you, thank you for reaching out to both of us. I've enjoyed going down this memory lane. Uh, I'll end with my part is, even though we have some good and some bad going out there, I will. I wake up every morning in the greatest nation that ever lived in this great state. I love being here, so I'm not giving up. Amen. And also, you said the younger generation may be the future, but I sure enjoy our generation. <laughs> the three of us sitting here. Yeah. Yep. Life is good. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. You guys are the best. I tell you what, until next time, for Earl Sears and John Ford, this is Bob Frazier, Cutting the Cards. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Bob Frazier, and remember, trust everyone, but be sure you cut the cards.